Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth in climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Major Death. So, let's just hop into last week's poll question. Mage, what do we have? All right, last week's poll question, we asked you, which of these classes do you think was most helped by the core, the new coming core set for Year of the Griffin. We had 19 votes. Thank you to all of you that voted. And almost half of you said Shaman is the big winner of the, uh, or they were the ones that were most helped by the, the core set coming up during Year of the Griffin. 31.6 said Paladin. And an equal number, 10.5%. Each said Priest and Warlock are other two choices. So, like I said, Shaman was the winner. I think I think I agree with with the votes. I feel like they had uh, they they definitely ended up on the good end of this. And uh, we will have another poll question at the end of this episode. I voted Warlock. Just to I voted get it. Shaman. <laughs> there you go. Abu. <laughs> you know some of the tools getting like more consistent i mean we've talked about it but like yeah you know changing lightning storm from two to three damage to just three like i think those small things are gonna help shaman a lot so that's why i voted oh yeah yeah i just want i like i like what happened with warlock and jaraxxus being a character card is super oh, cool yeah so like i had to vote warlock i think i think if you talk about what's the one like one of the coolest changes in the core set, it is that Jaraxxus, the original hero card, is now actually a hero card. I, I, I would give you that. That and the Nazdormu change, I think, are probably the two best, best or coolest sort of things that I was not even necessarily expecting or hoping for, but I'm glad that they happened. But I think Sh- Shaman overall, with the reduction on overload, on some of the other stuff, in addition to Lightning Storm being a legitimate rem- AOE yeah. removal tool. A reliable uh, removal tool. Reliable AOE uh, removal tool. I, I think that's that's what gets my vote. Yeah. So let's move on to the news. Um, we have, first off, Alec Dawson shares revert nerfs coming in patch 20.0. Um, changes will go live before rotation, so cards in standard currently will likely affect the meta. Discuss uh, considerations when, ter- when determining these nerfs. Uh, future rotations. Could the cards come back to standard? Level of positivity reverts spring to wild. Not on high, adding power to already strong art archetypes. So, I mean... Makes sense there, right? Like, why, like, you don't need to give a nuclear weapon <laughs> more power. <laughs> so, um, there, there are, there are a few like superpowers there over in wild and they don't need any more help than they already, you know, have. And so, yeah, it, it's definitely cool. Plus, I mean, they are thinking down the road that could this card come back to standard when we do a core revamp, core set revamp? And so I, I think it's interesting because some of these cards I've played in their pre-nerf state, others I have not. And 
we're going to get some length of time when these when the cards that are in standard now get reverted and they're still in standard before the rotation. So they're going to potentially affect the meta for a week or two until they rotate. Yep. So first off, we have Demon Hunter with none. Yeah, that doesn't nope. <laughs> doesn't deserve Thank to have anything reverted back. <laughs> yep. So you're saying that those need to stay exactly where they are. Yes. No, yes. Demon Hunter yes. still needs more nerfs. <laughs> I'm Probably. Just <laughs> I'm just saying they don't need to undo anything they've already done. No. Exactly. So mm-hmm. in Druid, we get uh the original keeper of the grove back. Uh it's a two four for four. So and then Ancient of Lore which was pretty, pretty old for me. I don't remember it at draw one. So, like, that's, yeah. And I started playing in Gnomes vs. Goblins. So, like, that one's been like that. So it draws two. Yeah. Yeah. It felt so good when it was draw two, and then nobody played it when it became draw one. Shocker. A seven mana five five that draws (laughs) one card. Yeah. They literally have a card called Big Ol' Whelp that does the same thing for five mana. Yeah. Two, <laughs> and two it's mana not less. that good. And it's not that good. It's and the... it has a tag on it, so you can exactly. use it with, you know, for synergy stuff. Yeah. Okay. But you have to pay more for that choose the choose one option of restoring five health. That that's Ooh. what you know. Yeah, I don't I don't yes. think I don't think Ancient of War <laughs> sees the light of day. No. Not, I don't not, even f- like I, I I remember the card at draw two, and I don't remember it being a huge problem then. No. Yet it got nerfed and went into complete isolation. And so I don't know if it's gonna come back or, or if it's gonna see much play, but And it stayed nerfed through ultimate infestation and overflow, <laughs> which cards do literally yeah. do everything better than it, so Okay, Hunter is going to see Starving Buzzard uh, reverted to 2 mana, 2 1. We're going to get Flare back at 1 mana. Uh, Dino Tamer Brand is going back to 7 mana. And Hunter's Mark is going down to 1 again. So. And the the Starving Buzzard draws a card. When you play a beast. When you play a beast. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that can be. For for a for a hunter that doesn't draw cards, there can be that could be that could be some card draw there. Yeah, I it it seems like I don't know that there's an archetype it just slots into, but I assume you could put something together pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Although I I just have to say, okay, so we're recording this on the ninth. I think mm-hmm. did he post that on it was the seventh or eighth? That was uh, it's it started it was yesterday. yesterday. Okay. It started yesterday. So he he points this out on the eighth, which yesterday on the eighth, I hit legend on the second server for the month. NA and Asia, and both of those I used Highlander Hunter. Well Brand is still eight mana, and now <laughs> It's going to come the end of the month, and they're going <laughs> to revert it back, and then everybody's going to play Highlander Hunter, because it's going to be the cool thing again. <sighs> Just saying. You're, you were doing it on hard mode. Way to go. I know. I, you know, Way I always do. It on hard do. Mode. That's just... <laughs> and then once it gets reverted, I probably be like, nah, I'm good. I don't nah. need to play Highlander Hunter. 
No, is it just me, or does that not make that big of a change to that deck? Like, it does, but okay. it's still good at eight. Like, it's yeah. still powerful and still does a lot at eight. Um, but it still makes a difference. Like being it, especially on coin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying it like, doesn't make a <laughs> yeah. difference, but it, it like obviously it's still good. Like it's still yeah. play extremely playable. So like Yeah. Okay. So we'll move on to uh mage mana worms going back down uh to one mana, but it's going to be a one two as opposed to a one three, which I think is a fair one. Conjurer's calling going back to three mana. <laughs> And Dragon Caster is going to be six mana. So uh Worm Weaver moves down to four mana, three five, and summons two one two mana worms. So it was a five mana yeah, five man, six yes. that gives you two one, one three threes. mana worms. Yeah. This this seems this seems like a four mana three five that with spell burst gives you two mana worms. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that that seems good. I don't know if it's good enough to see play, but it seems good. I know, like when you play Janice and get them the Worm Weaver right now, like that is amazing. That that that's actually that can be yeah. a really nice a really nice. Uh, uh, minion to get off of Jandis, but you're not paying for that at that point. But um, but this seems like this could be really solid too. Yeah, I feel like this is probably going to give uh, mainly Conjurer's Calling is probably going to give uh, uh, Cyclone Mage one more good run before it gets rotated out. So because <laughs> Conjurer's Con- like when when Conjurer's Calling last year was. Uh, was it? It was 2019. It was 2019 when it was nerfed. So, like, back in 2019, when Conjurer's Calling cost three, it was the scourge of the meta. So, like, I still feel like you could still play um, Psycho Manage right now, but, like, that's a big buff to it. So, not 100%. I'm not saying it's going to, but it feels like it could make a difference to that deck. You can find it off magic trick again. Yes, yes, you can. Um, Paladin gets call of arms, uh, called arms back to four mana, which I think is probably a lot less impressive in wild now than it was when it was being oppressive in standard and even Paladin. <laughs> yeah, so. I, would, I would, I would, I would likely agree with you. You might be dead by by turn four with some of the aggro or discard warlock decks. Uh, Power Word Shield goes back to one cost. Um, it's one mana, draw a card, so it's back to its original thing. So uh, then we have Rogue with uh, a lot of changes actually. Blade Fury is now two mana, no face damage. Uh, Caverns Below is back to its original four minions, five, five stats. The Necrium Apothecary, I can never pronounce that correctly, so if someone else wants to step in, Apothecary. Necrium Apothecary. Apothecary. Yeah, I can say it once I hear it. It's just so hard for me to translate. Um, Is going back down to four mana. 
and Galcron will um, do uh, zero cost cards again, and Edwin's going back to three. So, yeah. That, w- that was a short-lived nerf, it feels like. Now let's go back, let's go up to four. Nah, we're gonna put it back to three, then get rid of it. Okay. I mean, I feel like it needed to be at f- uh, th- four for a while now, so like... Oh, it did. It's just, it's funny the timing of it, because it felt like it just got changed not that long ago, and then they're gonna change it back, and then, like, for a very short time, then it's leaving. It's like, alright, he's just all over the place. He's getting uh, he's getting tossed around right now. <laughs> Edwin, Edwin's a, a very... Uh, uh, finicky boy and you have to uh make sure he's treated just right before he goes out of rotation so <laughs> so a- as we're recording this there's pro there's three more classes we don't know about shaman warrior and warlock those as well as any neutrals that might get reverted those haven't been announced yet we expect those to be coming tomorrow or or thursday so incomplete list as you hear this you'll probably know a few more than we know but those are the ones we know at the time of recording and is uh is a uh, fiery war axe in the core set uh it is okay i believe let me pull that up yeah i was trying to look it is yeah it is okay then i was gonna say if it was getting rotated out i could see it being reverted back but um yeah, since it's not, then I I highly doubt it. It'll probably stay at three mana. So, but that yeah. is just a guess. Yeah, I don't. I I think the I think the shaman Galacron didn't that get nerfed? No, or it was just all the all, all the, the spells. Uh, yeah, all the invokes. Yeah, that, the that. corrupted uh, elementalist used to be five, and then they made it six. Uh, invoke frost was one and then it got cost and then it was costing two. So yeah. I, I would I would expect though we'll see some of those reverted back for shaman and yeah. I'm not I'm not sure what other things we might see, but uh but yeah that that would be for sure to me what I would expect. Okay. So then we have the Maev Shadow Song portrait Thunder Bluff card black available via Pro Shop. Shop. I don't know where I read Pro from. Portrait was originally available for winning 10 games in Standard during the Year of the Mammoth, but now is available in the Game Shop. It's available for 1,000 gold or 699, and the card back is available for 500 gold or 299. Then we have X. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I I was just going to say, it's weird that they're charging for it. The, the Maiev portrait, considering you could get it for free just by playing. But, I mean, if you weren't around and you want portraits, uh, this at least is a way to get it. So you uh, so you do have that option. So the, the, the ones they've given away for free um, have been ones that were like uh, uh, Tyrant or was it Tyrion? Not Tyrion. Oh, Taronda. The, Taronda. I couldn't remember her name. Taronda. And uh, the Warlock one, Mimsy, Mimsy, which were both ones that required something else, like 
Taranda was a Twitch one, and Mimsy, mm-hmm. you had to do a fireside gathering. So, like, something that, like, you don't inherently have by playing the game. Whereas, just playing the game and winning ten times in Year year of the Mammoth, you got Maev. So, like, I guess that's their logic? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's purely cosmetic, so... yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you definitely don't need it. I just saw a few comments of people expecting it to be free because you didn't have to pay for it the first time, and then being a bit upset that you that in order to get it this time you would have to pay. They Blizzard could give out free packs and people would be upset about it. (laughs) So I mean, that is that is also true. (laughs) The 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 uh, you know we didn't. We haven't talked about any new Forge of the Barons cards because they haven't announced any. And it seems like any time anything has been tweeted on the official player stone account, it's been inundated with where are my new cards comments. I mean, I want to know where they are because I was kind of counting on that on being our main topic for the night. But um, alas, on 3-9-2021, we do not have any more than those 12 Forge <laughs> in the Barons card. I'm yes. not, and we're we're anticipating it's coming out in two weeks from tonight. So yeah, uh, yeah we'd like to see some cards, please. They're they're going to drop them. They're like the second we hit done, they're like Forge the Barons. Here's everything, guys. <laughs> we're um, gonna have some packed shows the next exactly. couple weeks. Precisely. So, all right, let's move on to Ixard holds his question and answers uh, number eight on Twitter. Regarding the core set, they don't want cards that appear in literally every deck for a class inside the core set. Regarding lack of Forge and the Barons news since BlizzCon, they didn't forget the news expansion is coming. We will receive all information needed in due time. Regarding Shaman, card draw is coming back to Shaman and we can expect to see more Go wide cards like Bloodlust. And regarding cha- uh, regarding game balance, if everyone is talking about one deck being overpowered, chances are that it is. If anyone is talking about their deck being overpowered, we're probably just doing something right. Yeah, that's a great quote. Yeah. I, I was. I, I the more I think about that, the the more right he is. Like mm-hmm. you think if everybody like when things have been nerfed. And I think back to like most recently the Evolved Shaman deck. When everybody's talking about or doing something about one deck, then it probably is a problem and needs it needs to be addressed. But when we've had situations when there's been multiple decks that are, you know, tier one level decks and people are happy because they're like, I'm playing this and it's doing really well, then 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 yeah, that, that that's balance that's what how, how we should feel there should be multiple decks that you know we one of those we will hopefully speak to us and we can play it and and, and be doing doing well so I, I i i just i really liked that that comment that he made yeah yeah me too okay so then we have masters tour iron forge runs this friday march 12th to sunday march 14th so we're got nine rounds of swiss pairings over two days 
then a top 16 single elimination playoff first round immediately after Swiss rounds end with top 8 matches on Sunday. All matches will be played online with a 4 deck best of 5 conquest format with ban 1. You can watch the event on the Hearthstone Esports YouTube channel starting at 9am Pacific Time. So, awesome. Go watch some competitive Hearthstone this weekend, so... And yes. Dragon Ride. Cheer on. The Neji Boston. Yes, exactly. Yes. 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 Well, Cheer on Neji Boston from AFG. I know I will be. Hopefully we will see him on stream getting getting to kick some butt. So. Um, yes. And I think they announced the, the casters for the event too. If I remember right. I think it's Derek, uh, Gia, TJ, Lorinda, and Raven, I want to say, is the fifth. So I think they've got some pretty good casters for this as well. I feel like Lorinda didn't get enough uh, spotlight time. I feel like he is one of my favorite casters. So, like, I am always yeah, happy to see. Underrated. Yeah, yeah, I'm always happy to have Lorinda casting games. Yeah. Obviously, G- they're all phenomenal. Like, TJ, Gia, yeah. like, not knocking anyone else. But, like, Lorinda is probably my favorite Um Along with Saddle. I'm a big Saddle fan. So, um, there's nothing quite like watching Grandmasters Europe with Raven and Saddle. (laughs) That is just, um, good times for all. Uh, okay. So, Dragon Rider, you want to go over your qualifier updates for the past weekend? Sure. Yeah. So last weekend was, or this past weekend was the first weekend of the new Masters Tour uh, qualifiers. So it's kind of like starting over. So um, kind of a reset for everybody that it was trying to qualify for the one that's happening this coming weekend. Uh, so there's a little bit more people playing again, but overall, I feel like I played the lineups like i i tried kind of the same lineup repeatedly and i feel like i had some pretty good results with that um still unfortunately didn't get a top eight but like the first day on friday uh, i played four qualifiers and three of the qualifiers i got packs which means i made it several rounds at least in each of those um i think i got like six packs for that day of qualifiers so I mean, like, money-wise, that seemed, like, okay for just the, the bit of time that I put in. Um, but it was it was good for my confidence. And then I, I do have a little story to share as well for the uh, the last day of qualifiers, which was Sunday. Um, I played in the second qualifier on NA for the day. And I played on my phone while I was also playing a board game in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I was playing Broom Paladin on mobile. And uh I was playing Highlander Druid. And I ended up my first opponent, I guess they just they weren't having it or something happened. I had like a couple of just kind of high roll like, you know, just okay, that's crazy with the Highlander Druid. And they just conceded, canceled the challenge reported me winning 2-0 we were in the first game so I don't know what happened there and then I ended up winning 2-0 the second round 
and all of it while I was also playing a board game and playing on my phone. So mm-hmm. I think in terms of like confidence and how I feel like my just base level of play is, I feel like I've improved a lot the last couple of weeks. So this weekend, there aren't any qualifiers coming up uh, because they're the Masters Tour big event itself is going on. Um, but I, I really feel like focusing on increasing my level of gameplay and my mentality at the same time is already showing results. So I'm excited to take that into the qualifiers in two weeks from now. That's awesome. Yeah, I watched you on your on your phone. My goodness. <laughs> and not like easy decks, too. I like refuse to play Highlander decks on my phone because I will not remember what's in my deck. And I, I or at least I used to. I've done a little bit of it uh, playing in wild. I've played some Highlander decks over there, but like. It scares me to death. I'm going to forget what's in my deck still. And so it, I just uh, kudos to you for, for even <laughs> attempting it. <laughs> I, Thanks, God. Uh, God. Uh, I don't know what mobile device you have, but for anybody listening, um, I use Android. There is Arcane Tracker, Arcane Deck Tracker. It's like the kind of mobile version of Deck Tracker. So you can use that on mobile. Um, which I had that open, but since I was trying to play in the tournament and play a board game at the same time, I wasn't <laughs> looking at it anyways. I just had it open and I was using my like lunch napkin, uh, to write down what decks we were playing. So I at least wouldn't like forget what was played. Uh, so, you know, or banned. So I wouldn't accidentally cue the wrong deck. I play like 90, like say about like 85% of my game mobile without deck trackers. So like, <laughs> and I play control decks too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, I've it, got, it makes you think about it differently. Doesn't it? Yeah. Like when you're playing it, well. uh, it's just, I mean, it's just a different way to play the game and it's like, you get used to it and you, you kind of focus on like, what's been played unless you're kind of like zooming out or just like zoning out as you're kind of like casually playing but if you're like you know paying a decent amount of attention you have you can keep track of things fairly decently but like i understand like if you're if you like to play with the deck tracker and have that visual representation like that's a handicap going without it yeah i mean like i i guess i find mid-range decks are more aggressive decks that it's less of a deal when it comes to trying to figure out what's still in my deck. And like, so if I have to look away or get distracted or, or something like this and like trying to hand read or how long has that card been in the, in the deck that are in their hand, that sort of thing. Those are the sorts of things that like, you know, it feels like it's more important when you're playing control matchups and when you're playing in uh, with a Highlander deck. And so I, I get uh, I, I get concerned trying to play those sorts of decks on mobile where I don't have a deck tracker. That's fair. It's, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it it's definitely like if I was going to try and get to be a competitive level or you know competitive level Hearthstone player, I would probably need to get better at doing that stuff so plus most of my mobile is at lunch at work and so sometimes my boss just 
randomly yells at me from his office and wants me to come running. So <laughs> I, at that point, I don't I I, I kind of get flustered and forget exactly what's going on in the game. I'm playing. That's fair. But speaking of learning how to do things, <laughs> um, how about we talk about this week learning how to play a new deck? Brought to you by Dragon Rider. <laughs> uh, we were, like I said in the intro, we were we were kind of racking our heads. We usually have a, a topic, a pretty good idea of what we're going to talk about going into the, uh, you know, like our pre-show call. And today we're like, wait, we don't have any cards to talk about. <laughs> Like we all thought we would have we, something. Yeah, we we all assumed we would have some car, new cards to talk about by yeah. you know four four p.m. Pacific on Tuesday afternoon. And yeah, yeah, Blizzard did not oblige us with said cards. Nope not not today. But um, we got a topic. Dragon Rider came up with a topic about. How to learn to play a deck, as this is something she's been mulling over for doing on her YouTube series. If you're not subscribed to her there, please go to YouTube and subscribe to her channel. Um, And she's going to do some videos on that. So we thought we would go through uh, a few things here. So Dragon Rider, why don't you lead the discussion since this is this is your brainchild for the week. All right. Um, So there's kind of like. I, I guess we kind of have it broken down into four parts. The The first part, I think, is before you even play a deck, it's important to identify what the main win condition of the deck is. So you know, Mage was just talking about control decks or mid-range decks. You know, uh, today, as an example, I started learning OTK Demon Hunter. So the main win condition of that is your big OTK combo. Uh, But if I didn't recognize that, I would have no idea how to play that game, that, that deck. I'd be looking at the cards going, what do these do? Why am I, how do these work together? So you have to identify what is the win condition of the deck. And usually there's going to be multiple ways to play a deck or there's kind of two main win conditions or in certain matchups that might change a little bit. You can play things differently, but for the, the sake of when you're first learning a deck, just try to identify what that main win condition is. And then with that, there's kind of two things to look at. First of all, what are the main cards that help you get to that win condition? So for example, let's just look at OTK Demon Hunter. You kind of need Ilganoth. You need the uh, Moarg Artificers. You need some Lifesteal Damage. Those are kind of the, the main cards. And then once you identify what those main cards are, you can try to, you know, make sure that you get to that or figure out how you're going to find those cards in the games. But the second part is what support cards help you along the way? You know, are they cards that help you live longer to build up to your combo or a big swing turn? Are they cards that help you apply pressure uh, to work towards a finisher? Like some decks, you know, you might be able to do somewhat of of a big push turn um a big example of that is like um in decks previously where you'd kind of get a couple of minions on the board and then you play alex straza and put them to 15 and then you hit them that's kind of a, a finisher style 
So what are the cards that help you get to that point? And I think if you go into a deck, like before you even play any games and look at that and analyze, even if you have to write it down, that helps you a lot in starting because it gives you a start point. Like, okay, how do I want to even start to play this deck? Yeah, definitely. I, I've been, I've been, I was talking about playing uh, the Gibberling Druid deck. And so the main win condition of that is stick a board, then savage roar them in the face. So you need to, you need to have those board cards and you need to have the, the savage roar card. And like, there's things like Lunar Eclipse that actually help you to stay alive in the early game, plus be able to, you know, draw more cards or something, something like that. There's, there's, you know, um, you, when to use nature studies, when to, you know, use that lightning bloom to get those, that, that first board online, those sorts of things. And so there's lots of, uh, there, there is that main win condition, but there's always, always those support cards. And then there's the cards that, you know, maybe help you find the, the win condition cards. Usually a lot of, a lot of decks right now have, have, some form of card draw and so you it's identifying that and and when and how to use that properly like the deck i've learned most recently and it wasn't a super big stretch but it was uh enrage warrior which was not like i'd played more controlly styles but figuring out how to space everything out and learning that you know my win conditions are probably going to be you know the cards are going to be Karkron, Elite, or Garage, or Garmash, excuse me. Um, Inner Rage, Shield of Honor, Blood, uh, Bloodsworn Mercenary. Bloodsworn Mercenary, yeah. yeah. So it's either. Hate that card. Hate that card. <laughs> so, like, my, my thought was, like, either I, you know, just chip them throughout, down throughout the game, or I leave an open path to swing for 28 in a single turn and how to figure out how to get to that and like, you know, how to survive and gain life in the most optimal of times. And like, um, you know, so yeah, you have those key cards. So it makes a lot of sense and finding the win condition. There is just those big, generally those big one turn burst damages with that deck. So, and then, so, after you identify the win condition and kind of recognize what cards it is that you need to accomplish that, then you want to start playing games. Now, my biggest piece of advice and things for when you're especially trying to learn a deck, it might sound obvious, but you need to go into it with a learning mindset. Okay, You can't go into it and expect to win every game. I mean, even pros who play the decks, you know, and play hundreds or thousands of games with a specific deck don't win every game. So especially when you're learning, like, just don't go into it expecting to win every game. And don't be hard on yourself if you make make a mistake or make multiple mistakes, because like, that's literally what you're playing the games for, right? You're trying to learn mistakes are gonna happen. So don't beat yourself up for it. Like, just accept that like, oh, crap, I made a mistake. That's okay. That that's wrong. That's bad. Uh, just, just take it as a learning experience and, you know, try it differently next time. Um, and take the time to try different cards differently. Um, you know, Mage was talking about 
draw. Well, I've been experiencing that with uh, OTK Demon Hunter. Like, okay, here's some draw mechanics, like drawing a, a specific outcast card. Do I want to play that early in the game? Like, do I want to just play that on turn one? Do I want to hold that and try to play it later to make sure I get that outcast card on the right side of my hand to be able to play the same turn? I don't know. I've kind of just been messing around with it, trying it, you know, each way. And that gives me a feel for how the deck works in multiple cases and scenarios. Because sometimes it's like, okay, cool, that was cool. I should have, uh, I should have waited because that outcast card sucked. Or, you know, maybe it's like, okay, uh, well, now I waited too long. And now this card is just kind of dead in my hand. So maybe I should have played it sooner. But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't just mess around and try it. And also try to learn your bad matchups as well as the good ones. And I think the next point that we're going to get into kind of talks about that, but kind of figure out, you know, if if you are a deck that it seems like every time you face an aggro deck, you are just dying. Well, aggro might be a bad matchup for you. And that's something that you, you know, can start to recognize. And then you can figure out if you need to play the deck differently or you know, maybe it just does not do well against aggro. So that's you know, something that, that is fairly easy to recognize for the most part. Sometimes it's a little bit more challenging, but my my biggest advice for the uh uh the learning mentality is go into casual. Just go play casual games, like take the pressure off yourself. Like like this this game doesn't matter. Like literally, I am just learning I find myself doing that quite frequently. Um, because it, it, it takes off any pressure of like, well, if I lose, I lose a star, I, I go away closer or I drop ranks in legend. Like, so I don't want to be doing that. So how do I, how do I get experience with it? I just go to casual and like no pressure. I can make mistakes. I can intentionally make mistakes with the deck and learn why that is a bad thing to do. So, like, that's my biggest piece of, like, casual is, like, meant for learning. I was going to ask about that because I, I, one of my biggest, I think, issues with trying to learn a new deck is I put a lot of pressure on myself and I expect myself to do well, even though these are my first games with a deck. And so I was going to ask how you, if there was a trick that you had to get yourself in that learning mindset or keep yourself in that learning mindset uh, if maybe results aren't necessarily going your way? Yeah, I mean... That's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have a suggestion for us, Dragon Rider? So, like... I, I do, I do. That's, um, it's going to maybe sound a little weird, but something that I feel like has been helping me lately... And it's been okay. helping me with a lot of aspects. Um, I have been listening to motivational things on YouTube. And especially like uh, sports motivation. But just like those motivational speeches. Um, because there's something about those that just for me it's like... It makes me feel pumped. But it's also like a, a lot of that too kind of says things that can help you with just your overall mentality. Like you are good enough. You know, you like everyone falls, but it's about getting back up. Like all of that mentality kind of rolls into everything that you do. So I feel like for me, like listening to that 
when working out or even playing games, you know, whatever it is, just trying to pump yourself up to do something. Um, having that has been a help for me because it's like, okay, oh, well, crap, I, I fell, you know, I failed, I lost. Or, well, whoops, I just focused way too much on clearing those boards and now I don't have my combo pieces. I did that a few times today with OTK Demon Honor. I was like, I need to clear these boards so I don't die. I need to clear these boards. And then all of a sudden I went, I can't kill them because I used all my cards. Well, that's obviously not the way to play the deck. So in terms of that, like I failed, but that's part of it. Like failing is part of it because now I know I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to be a little bit more aware, a little bit more aware. Okay. Maybe I'm going to do it again. I'll probably do it a lot more, (laughs) but you know, that's okay. And and that's that's part of like the learning mentality. It's like, um, you know, let's say when you learn to drive a car, you probably didn't drive for one day, and then all of a sudden you were an expert at it, right? Like it took you some time. Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel maybe you should be doing a different profession, <laughs> sir. <laughs> no, but it's it's. Very similar, like anything, like, you know, when you're first learning, maybe you go into an empty parking lot. Okay. You go too casual and you drive around in the empty parking lot. Then eventually once you understand and you get the flow of using your pedals in your vehicle, so you're not doing abrupt stops or, you know, uh, the jerking when you're uh, accelerating, cause I'm sure we all did that. Right. Oh Yeah. Then you kind of get the flow for it. And then it's like, okay, well, now let's go to like some neighborhood streets. And then you can kind of learn some turns and stopping at stop signs. So it's taking small steps and just recognizing that everything in life that you've done, everything takes learning and practice. Um, If you just remind yourself of stuff like that as well, that can help you like it's going to take more than one session. It's going to take more than, you know, 10 games or 20 games or 50 games or 100 games. I've probably played 1,500 games at least with Highlander Hunter, and I still feel like I'm learning that deck. You know, there's still things that's like, oh, well, if I had done that differently, I could have, you know. And and with Hearthstone, especially, like, the meta is always changing. We get new expansions added in, so then interactions with different decks or different classes change even if you're playing the same exact deck so it's always evolving so i feel like a lot of this like you're always learning in a way right one thing one thing i will say and daring your comment about casual i i I should give myself the opportunity to try and learn a deck in casual more than i do i i tend to try and quote unquote jump into the deep end of the pool as it were in ranked with a with a new deck and that just adds that extra layer of pressure that I don't necessarily don't necessarily need when you're when you're just starting to learn. Well, I think one thing that you do want to do is try and identify mistakes as you're going through, but also try and recognize things that you did well, things things that you executed correctly with the deck, and try try and take a moment uh, during the game as you're playing it, as well as maybe immediately after the deck or if you're reviewing games later on though those those are going to help you stay in that learning mindset as well so if you're constantly kind of think you know looking at and identifying 
you know, this was good, or maybe I could have done this, or maybe I should have done this, or that didn't work out well, or this worked out really well. And this is, you know, this is how the game changed because I did this and that sort of thing. Those, those sorts of things, those are really learning things. And those are going to keep you in that mindset. Yeah. And what what we're giving you is advice from our points of view. If something else, you find something else works for you, feel free to go on it. But, you know, I think it's just uh, what Dragon Rider said was just, you know, you're going to fall down. You're going to make mistakes and just take it and run and learn from it and, you know, do whatever you have to do. But like, because it's like this is motivation, right? And like, you know, figuring out how you learn as a player. So we can give you some points and places to start from. But take it and, like, adapt it to your own style, so. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of leads into the next point, which is, you know, using other resources. Um, Because just because you're learning a deck doesn't mean you have to, like, you know, hide away in a closet and, and never look at anything else except for your own game and play it the way that you're gonna play it. There are tons of resources out there, especially for very popular decks you know once once they become more popular you can look at hs replay streams youtube videos there are tons of like people do guides all the time on decks there's podcasts like this one uh you know where you can get different ideas and different techniques on decks um and you know looking at like the vods from a stream on hs replay for specific decks you can break that into uh you know, specific matchups. So if you're learning, you know, uh, Mage was talking earlier about Token Druid, you know, or Dribbling Druid, you can look that up and say, okay, well, how do I play that Druid against Rogue? And there's VODs on there. You can specifically look at that matchup. Uh, Also, if you have HS Premium, you can look at specific mulligans for a class list. So, you know, that can kind of help give you a direction as well, because you can look at kind of the differences of, Okay, well, if I'm against Paladin, uh, maybe these cards are look like they're pretty important. But if I'm playing against Rogue, these other cards might be more more important for you to try to keep or find in the early game. Um, and you can also do that in a way like look at the general stats on like HS Replay, um, and then compare to what you've been given or what you know what you're getting. Like, after a decent amount of games, like, don't, you know, be like, oh, I'm one and one, so it's a 50% matchup. Like, give us some games, but compare that, you know. So if you look at HS Replay and it shows that maybe at Legend, the matchup is like a 50-50, but you've gone one and seven, you're probably doing something wrong in that matchup. Um, And then you can take that knowledge and try something different next time you face that. Maybe you're doing the mulligan wrong, or maybe you're using your resources uh, incorrectly in that matchup. But, you know, once you kind of have have a feel for the overall deck, you can go and look at more specific stats like that. I, I think I, I always tend to start with, with streams and like HS replay mulligan information and that, because I, I just, I feel like that's like, well, one, I, I'm a little bit of a visual person. I, I tend to want to see examples of of scenarios and watch how they play out and, to try and learn. But but 
also it's just like when you're trying to figure out what to where where to start i think a lot of times seeing some of that mulligan information kind of gives you that starts to give you that base of okay so these are the good cards these are the cards that i'm going to need in this matchup that sort of thing and so it ta- it potentially takes a little bit of the, that guesswork out of out of it I I think you guys had <laughs> everything. I don't really have anything to add to that. Like I'm like trying to. Sorry for the brief pause, but like I'm like, uh, <laughs> rarely, yes. rarely do said, you guys leave me speechless. So good job. Should have said, "Great job, guys! Yes. You got it." I know. I was trying to come up with something. <laughs> give a, give us the fourth point, then, Dragon Rider. Absolutely. So the last one, give the deck and yourself time. Repetition. It's, you know, some people can learn a deck faster than other people. You know, kind of Mage is talking about and, and Daring mentioned it earlier, but based on your, you know, your learning style, maybe your play style in the game. Like if you're usually an aggro player and you're trying to learn a control deck, it might be a different kind of learning style, so be patient. Yes, it with is. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it like is. you can't you can't play it the same, and you can't expect that if you're used to one style that you know it's gonna be the same when you switch to something else. Like it's not; they're different. So give yourself that time and enough repetition with the deck. Uh, you know, if you only play five games with the deck, and you're like, "Well, I sucked. This, you know, I can't play this deck." Well, you know, give it some time. You're you're being really hard on yourself. Like five games is not very many games to understand a completely new deck, and you know it takes more games than you think. I I have heard you know with uh, even other podcasts or or streamers suggest you know play ten games with it and see how you feel. Play twenty games. I mean, play the games that you are comfortable with or that you feel like actually really give you a good judge of of the deck because again everyone learns at their own pace you might pick it up a lot faster it might take you a lot longer to understand the deck so it it might take more games than you think it it will so there's also different matchups uh you know if you're seeing some bad matchups it might feel like the deck is terrible but you might just be hitting some some bad matchups there and you really need to give yourself more variety of matchups until you get like a bigger picture of how the deck performs for you and how you're playing it. And, you know, again, variance, (laughs) variance is a thing. All right. So draws are going to happen different the matchups, what you're pairing against on ladder, what's popular in the meta at the time you're trying to play that deck, because I can tell you OTK demon hunter has been around for months now, right? What's what was popular when people were first learning it versus what's popular now when I'm learning it are fairly different. I mean, there's going to be some that are the same, but new expansion has come out. You know, there's going to be some changes there. So it's going to be a little different. Things happen like that. So using only one session or only a small number of games, it might make your results seem a lot better or usually worse if, if it didn't go well. And you think that it's just oh, I just suck at this deck when really it's variance happened and you, you kind of didn't give it enough time. 
also also I would want to say that like you can kind of judge though like if you're trying to broaden your horizon and play different decks um that's one thing but if you if you're like if you come across a deck and you're like oh I think I want to learn it and then you're playing games and you're like I just don't enjoy j- playing this deck. It's not that I'm bad with it or that it, it it's a bad deck. It's just maybe sometimes like you you just your play style does not fit what a deck does. Like if you're a you know aggressive slash mid range player, like maybe going maybe you're not too big on going that far out of your comfort zone. So like maybe kind of ease into it too. Like if it's something that like you're not used to because like. Just because you don't want to play it all the time is doesn't mean there isn't value from you playing that deck and then being like, oh, okay, well, now I have an understanding of, like, when I'm playing my aggressive mid-rangey decks, like, I know what they're trying, like, if I run into a OTK Demon Hunter, I know what they're trying to do to me, like, I can put myself in those shoes and I can try and figure out, like, okay, so this is what they want to do, and this is what they could do, and, you know, they've been holding on to that card for that long. So, like, even if it's something you don't like, learning a deck, it brings value. So, it's like, you might want to just stick with it even if you're not enjoying it to the fullest, you know. Just for a little bit, no one's saying you have to switch that and play decks that you don't enjoy all the time, but... There is definitely value for learning a deck, even when you don't enjoy it. I I really want to hammer home the point that you made about it takes more games than you think, because we're playing a deck, a class against 10 other classes and different varying types of decks for those classes. And every, you know, you... If there is a matchup, you're probably not going to see more than, you know, if you're playing, I don't know, even 15 or 20 games in a session, you might only see one particular matchup at most three or four times and and likely one or two times. And so really knowing how to play that particular matchup is going to take more games than one or two to really know how to play that matchup. So give yourself the number of games. I, I, so I've played in wild and I've played secret mage and I know everybody hates that deck, but the thing I will tell you is the, there, there's nuance to that deck, just like there's nuance to lots of decks. Most decks have some level of nuance to them and the number of games that it took me to suddenly start to really feel comfortable with the nuance was in excess of a hundred games because it just, just knowing what the win, you know, the win condition and the matchups and the support cards and how all that stuff comes together and when best to use your resources the way you want to, it takes practice and it takes games. One of the things that, that, irritates me the most about trying to learn a deck is I will go in as prepared as I think I possibly can be right I've read deck guides I've watched streams I have you know looked at mulligan situations all this sort of thing I feel like there is nothing I won't know how to deal with when I get into the game and then I get into the game and suddenly it feels like I'm trying to learn Latin the situations are completely different 
I don't have the cards that I need or would have expected to have. Somebody's doing on the other side something completely different than what I would have expected them to do in the matchup. And suddenly I just feel like I don't have any idea what I'm doing. And if that is you, you are not alone. That happens. And the way you get over that is you keep playing those matchups. You keep playing those games. It takes more games than you think to get good with a deck. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Yes, I'm going to compare that real quick to back to the learning how to drive analogy. When you're a passenger... Sure, you pay attention, you know how stoplights work and how stop signs, you know, work. You can see how they accelerate, slow down. Cool, you got this. Seems like you're prepared. Then you get in and you put your foot on that gas pedal and you're like, either you have to push really hard <laughs> to get that to actually move because you're scared. You're like, I don't want to like zoom off, right? So you you don't push it hard enough or you, you push it harder than you think. And it's figuring out, what actual amount of pressure you need to put on that gas pedal or that brake pedal that takes time. So yeah, like it seems easy. You can be prepared and there's things that will help you be prepared. Obviously if you've kind of at least start to get an idea, that's going to help you more than not being prepared at all. But yeah, it, it takes some time. Exactly. So that will do it this week on our main topic. So, uh, Mage, what is our poll question for this week? All right. So, since we have all these new Forged in the Barons cards, we're going to do a poll question. Oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, new idea. Poll question for this week. We've learned about a lot of reverted cards that have been nerfed that are going to be reverted in the next couple of weeks, specifically with patch 20.0. We would like to know from you what reverted nerf are you most looking forward to playing in standard one last time before the rotation and the year of the Griffin? Is it a slightly unnerfed mana worm at a one mana one two? Is it the starving buzzard that is a two mana two one and draws you a card when you play a beast? Is it the Rogue Galacron card and getting those free cards back in your hand? Or is it another one? One from the six classes that we talked about today or some of the unnerfed cards that we do not know yet at the time of recording? Let us know. Vote. If you, write, if you vote for other, please reply. Tell us what the card is. And we will talk about those results on next week's show. Speaking of the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dr3HS. Follow our top pin tweet to join our Discord. And you can follow, uh, email the show as well at Dr3HS at gmail.com. I'm on fire tonight. And you can. It's easy for you to say. Exactly. <laughs> I only say it every week. Um, right. So you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Daring Alkaline Dragon Rider. You can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK. That's D A W N I E D K. And for right now, I am actually uh, starting I'm on day nine of a 37 day uh, everyday streaming 
challenge, I guess, but I'm taking a couple days off uh, in April. So I just decided I'm going to stream every day during March and then the first week of April. So find me every day on Twitch at twitch.tv slash DK. And Mage, take us home. So you can find me on Twitter. I am at Majedeth, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Majedeth. Excellent. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone, this week. And as always, you've been listening to Dr. Three.